Oh, I'm wearing my Xander shirt. How classy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the nerd. My name is Ian. Uh, it is Boxing Day, or so I'm told. I hope you had a good holiday. Um, I've missed you. I mentioned uh, during the last podcast that if I didn't get the uh, rut addressed and didn't get uh, bushwhacked up and going, that there was going to be a more moratorium on other kinds of content for a little while. And uh, that is what I ended up doing. So Monday, I'm planning on doing an end-of-the-year plans for next year chat on this podcast. So I'm going to try and keep this a little bit short today. No timer. Uh, not the usual kind of spiel. But um, I just wanted to get the ball rolling again. It's been a while. I've missed you. I felt like, you know, I had uh, just started to feel comfortable with the uh, off-the-cuffy, talky-mouthy kind of thing. And um, just needed to take some time away to focus on Bushwhacked and get it done. So, today, just wanted to talk about a couple of things. First of all, breaking the block that has been the... Actually, this podcast kind of started as one of my attempts for um, attacking and breaking the mental block that I've been kind of uh, kind of stuck in for the past couple of months. Either way, Bushwhacked is up, and I feel pretty confident in saying... Sorry about that. Note to self, it's been a little while. Turn off all of the notifications. I feel pretty confident in saying that I think the block is done. And because of that, I think I kind of understand the geography of it a little bit. So I was going to run through that. Bushwhacked is up. I wanted to talk a little bit about it and give you an update on the List of Shame movie project that I mentioned during the last podcast. And, um, of course, end with a fan fiction reading. We are continuing with the same one. So we're going to be on chapter two, and I don't have the name of the uh, fanfic right in front of me. But I do try and put the links to the different sections of the podcast below. Ordinarily now, I'd report on goals, but uh, reporting on goals from a previous podcast that may have been more than a month ago feels a little moot, given the sabbatical. Uh, let's just skip ahead. So, The Funk, I think I can officially say that the funk derailing that I was grappling with is now gone. The block is broken. But boy, are there a number of daily habits to rebuild. So, first of all, why uh, did the rut happen? Uh, well, I turned... This all kind of... I, this is just something I kind of understand in hindsight, like burnout and, and all of that. Um, I turned 40 in September and um, happened to receive a cancer diagnosis around that point, which is this little guy right up here. That happened to me when I was 30 uh, and was engaged and happened this time while not engaged. Uh, at 50, I hear I get a free sub. But just sort of, I understand that, that uh, generally, you know, birthdays are sort of arbitrary measures of the passage of time, but this one felt a little bit more um, relevant and 
you know, with the illness, there's just sort of like contemplating my own mortality that was going on and, and stuff like that. I wouldn't say that I, I, I got down about it, but I definitely became kind of introspective about it. And another factor is there's always like a continuous um, kind of toxic self-perception. And it's not... It, it, it was, for example, yes, I quit my job to pursue passion and independence and creativity and... I'm living in a friend's spare bedroom, formerly occupied by his two children, making one-tenth the salary I did at my previous job with no health insurance. Both of those things are true. Um, and, you know, as in times of, of sort of burnout or uh, emotional exhaustion, fear drives one versus the other. And, and you know... I believe in the power of our choice and, and sort of managing our, our, our perceptions of ourselves. But, you know, if you're not attentive, sometimes you get a little deep in the weeds and uh, not treating yourself the right way. Um, grappling with that also made me notice an unhealthy relationship I've developed to making things. So uh, I have said in... Um, pre for, the way I've described it to people is, is like, you know, when I started the channel, I was experiencing an identity crisis at the time and working on the channel and working on videos and, and I'm so sorry for the notification sounds guys. Uh, I will be sure to fix that, uh, for the next one, working on the channel and working on those things definitely, um, helped me build my own confidence and my own sense of self and, what ended up happening is I just kind of noticed, and I, I even said in the toolbox fallacy that that distance from a creation um, is kind of a measure of that creation's relevance. You know, I, I've, I've probably found a more elegant way of saying it in the toolbox fallacy, but, you know, there was a point when I had gone long enough without making a video after college that I could no longer say I was a writer or a video creator. And I didn't know what I was as a result because I had been telling myself that story for so long. And there's a kind of mania that occurs the longer I go without creating something new, whether it's writing a new piece or writing a personal piece or uh, whatever it may be. And that's a problem, right? So... The it reminds me a bit of the um, needing a relationship to be complete kind of um, perspective on relationships. So I, I hate the Jerry Maguire "you complete me" idea. I I, I think the ambition in any relationship is to be whole and complete, and and be in the relationship and to sort of have your identity and yourself in your life and what you build together. And the same thing kind of applies to creative work where, you know, there's never, if, if I'm not whole and complete without writing something or without um, recording something or making a video or what have you, then 
it's this endless cycle. It's this endless sort of thing. I, 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 I want to make content because I love to do it because it's meaningful to me, not because I don't know who I am without it. You know, that to me is sort of desperation and, and um, using creativity as a painkiller for a wound that should be stitched closed. You know, it's um, it's not addressing the actual problem, which is just, you know, understanding that I am the one who created the content on the channel. I am the one who will create future videos on the channel. The good ones, the great ones, and the average ones. So it's just weird. It was, it was a strange thing coming to... Um, coming to understand that I, I, I was sort of managing my relationship to creative projects the way I used to relationships. You know, which it was unhealthy in that situation. It's certainly unhealthy in, in this one. So something that needs to change. And, um, you know, so again, getting back to factors that sort of led to this uh, emotional de derailment, the next one was the Toolbox Fallacy. Toolbox Fallacy got, is at 700,000 views, 22,000 new subscribers as a result of it. It's interesting to, you know, discover that you fear failure and success. I mean, good Lord, you, you can't win. Um, when a video blows up like that, it, there's a, a couple of strange emotional experiences that occur where it's like, it feels like something I didn't make. You know, I go through this period of feeling like there's no way I made that or or I'm not as good as that piece of content. So there's like this dissonance or this emotional disconnect. And... Um, Constant imposter syndrome. Oh, all the new subscribers are, are going to see the kind of content I make normally and be disappointed. You know, it's just nonsense. It's this, this merry-go-round of self-flagellation and crap. Um, the And then there was just general burnout. I was doing Buffy, Angel, Firefly, Nerd Chipper, Patreon responsibilities, and the, uh, trying to do this podcast. And... That's too much. Um, I do all the writing. Well, uh, other than Firefly, which Jess and I write together, I do uh, the writing, the recording, the editing, um, the social media, the interactions, you know, all of that stuff. And there were burnouts with Buffy uh, around 13 or 14 episodes into each season where I'd have to come back to it or whatever. And I always thought, like, switching content would be uh, a way of addressing that. So it would be better to switch Buffy Angel, Buffy Angel, or Buffy Angel Firefly. But what has ended up happening is that, um, especially this year, since I quit my job, the videos have grown in scope and complexity and lost continuity uh, in the seasons. So, you know, yes, I... I uh, it, and it's such a hard switch to go from switching from Buffy to Angel and then from Angel to Firefly and whatever... Be, and, putting down all of these characters and all of these developing things and picking up this, these, and what were we talking about again here? And, um, it was just too much and I kind of burned out and, um, 
needed to take the advice that I had in laid out in Nerd Shipper, which is don't take on too much. And so Lonnie and I spoke, and we've decided that we're going to end Nerd Shipper. That doesn't mean the end of personal essays uh, on my part, just the end of them being in that regular cycle of scheduled videos. And the other thing I did was take a break from trying to do this. You know, less refocus um, and and uh, um, try and crank on one thing specifically. Now, I mean, I've always had kind of uh, uh, poor habits to start, struggle to keep a schedule, get the day rolling. And after the break, it was very tough to just get back and sit down and write for five minutes. So what I did was I would write for one minute and then take a break and watch a movie for five and then write for two minutes and take a break and watch a movie for five. And by ramping back up right around 10 minutes, I just started writing past the thing. Oh, I want to finish this section. I want to keep doing this. I want to keep doing that. But it, it, where I was so frozen up mentally with the process, it allowed me to, because anyone can write for a minute. And at that state I was in, anything is progress, you know? And, and I had that distraction addict and that I was struggling to focus and struggling to get stuff done. So like Pomodoro technique is, I believe it's 20 or 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. And it's, it, it's the idea of chunking things up and, and based on the idea that, I mean, I'm probably misstating this, but that the human attention span um, starts to wane after 20 minutes. Um, but I couldn't even do that. So ramping and chunking, it, it just started to get easier. And then I started having fun with the writing again, which I hadn't felt for the past two episode guides. Um, and, and started enjoying the research and started the editing process was wonderful. And I, I cranked out, you know, bushwhacked is 18 minutes and cranked it out the, the whole edit in a day, which was me sitting here for 10 hours. You know, um, editing's easy for me. Editing is the fun part. Writing is the, the the always the challenge. It's it it's the part of the process I've enjoyed the least. So it was the hardest part to restart after this little sabbatical, whatever we're we're calling this. Um, and finally, this was pointed out to me by someone else. I'm pretty bad at self care, uh, sleep, exercise, relationships talked about it a bit in this podcast, so I'm not going to um, dive into it too deeply. But basically, you may see a video go up every three weeks, whatever it may be. I think about the channel constantly, constantly. I should be writing. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. The, the only exception is the day after I publish a video. But other than that, it, it, whatever I'm doing, I think about the channel constantly. And when I'm not working on it, I, hard, I find it hard to justify doing any other activity. Because I should be working on the channel. And so, because I'm not working on the channel, uh, I, but I should be. I can't do anything else. And so it spirals into this weird state of, you know, um, inert state of apathy, which is... Department of Redundancy Department, maybe. But, um, so how did I get out of it? Well, uh, part of it was, excuse me, um, 
ramping, doing that. Part of it, I just think I needed time to focus, you know, let go and focus on other things for a little bit. Um, and when I was ready, I started reading comments. I started reading uh, messages from people. Uh, people send me emails, very kind emails about what the channel means to them and what videos mean to them. And, and uh, you know, it helped me to pick things up again. And the other thing was the, the video, the movie list of shame that I've been doing with Jack, which I talked about in previous um, podcasts. But since this is going to be the first one that I actually share on social media, Jack and I made a list of all of the great films that we haven't seen. We went through the IMDb by genre, and anything in the top 20 that one hour both of us hadn't seen, we put on the list. And we also put personal favorites on the list that Jack said he hadn't seen, and vice versa. So we came up with this list of 220 movies, and we were watching you know, a new one every week. And it's very, 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 very important to consume other art, you know, to not get bogged down in a particular genre or style or, or whatever it is. And it opens up the mind. It, it breaks down those, those creative walls and barriers. And, and I hadn't been doing that. I realized uh, before we started that list of shame project, I was very focused on a particular genre of television and movies and stuff like that. And so that has helped. I know that that has helped. So anyway, I do love uh, doing this. It is the fullest utilization of my greatest abilities, the things, the things that I'm, I, I'm, I'm great at, but it, it's still work. It still needs the sort of, um, it needs to be treated with that same sort of uh, respect and dignity. You know, the, uh, it needs to be honored, uh, in the same fashion, which is like health and wellness and time away and, and, um, you know, all of that. So here's the plan. You know, what have I learned? <laughs> First, uh, be more kind. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Queer Eye with my sister. Side note, I highly recommend that show. It is an absolute karmatic good. But I need to understand that sorting out these ups and downs was always going to be a part of this process. Hitting walls, uh, as I have been, is normal. And now it's time to go and pick up the rock again. If starting a business were easy, everyone would do it. And that is what this is. That is what living off of a YouTube channel is, is, is having a business. These are the challenges. And flogging myself for them being challenging is counterproductive. Second, uh, which we talked about, do a little bit less. No more nerd chipper. No new series after Firefly until Buffy Season 5. Angel Season 2 is done. And the idea is that fewer projects will hopefully allow for greater regularity of videos, as I won't be uh, mentally switching uh, between projects so often. And the last thing is keep working on life outside the channel. Figure out self-care, uh, health and wellness, hobbies, relationships, so forth. So that's enough of that hopefully that's the last time we talk about blocks until the next one sometime next year i'll see you then
So, um, a little bit, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Bushwhacked, uh, the video that went up last Friday. It's a very important video to Firefly. And because these essays get written in a linear fashion and I don't get to go back and change things or any of that, you know, there's, it, it's, it's just this process of discovery and, um, Going into it, given how heavily I'd leaned into philosophy on Buffy, I was kind of reluctant to go there too heavily with Firefly, the exception, of course, being uh, objects in space. But um, I also wasn't sure how to deal with, if I did, um, how do I cover material that I'd already covered in other videos, like Amends and Lie to Me? Uh, could I assume people had watched those videos? So forth. So... Going to need to edit out all the breaths. Ultimately, what made up my mind was Camus' quote um, that is in the video about freedom... Uh, the quote that's in the video about freedom versus justice. So, um, Bushwright has very two clear act structures, and that quote so cleanly justified the purpose of those two acts. And, um, you know, even the thematic structure of the verse itself... Um, in the end, Amends and Lie to Me are now uh, older videos, so a refresher for long-time subscribers seemed okay, as long as it was well-executed. But that, all, that wasn't enough for me. Having presented that material at a couple of Comic-Cons, um, I have sections of Amends and Lie to Me memorized. And since this process works best when I'm keeping things interesting for myself, I wanted to challenge myself to learn something new. So that ended up being uh, Camus and Sartre's thoughts on morality, which are both shockingly vague. It's always interesting to me how ethics are not a part of certain philosophical blueprints. Anyway, I think it was a successful video. Maybe one of the better ones this year, and, uh, and I'm, I'm proud of it, especially given the mental funk that preceded it. Um, it's a good way to end the year. Untouched will be the uh, first video in early January, and I was honored that Tim Minear, writer-director of the episode, um, saw fit to share it on his social media. That was great. So, And especially when you take risks about, you know, I didn't think Mal was literally commenting on it. It was just a um, a way into talking about it. And, and there are enough references and sort of thematically the way the first part works. And the red balloon... The red balloon. Inflated and floating in the spaceship. I, anyway. Um... It was nice. I, I'm not saying he's con the fact that he published that confirms everything blow by blow. But it, when you know, so, sort of when you take stabs at something, it is nice to to have some validation. So um, that is that. Now, next list of shame movie updates. Uh, first of all, I'm very sorry for leaving you in the lurch with this. I, um, I talked about starting a movie of the week conversation with you and promptly disappeared for a month. So here's where we're at. J um, Jack and I have now watched Edge of Tomorrow, a favorite of mine that he hadn't seen. Some Like It Hot and Lawrence of Arabia. I wanted to record our conversations after Lawrence to share with you here. 
but didn't get to it uh, given the podcast was in the lurch. So we're going to do a bit of a reboot. Uh, The next movie we selected is The Pianist. Not The Piano with Anna Paquin. The Pianist with Adrian Brody. Um, Jack's currently on holiday in Sydney. Jack, I miss you. Come back to me. Not in like a weird way, unless you're into that. Currently on a holiday in Sydney, so I need to sync up with him about what our exact um, next watch date will be. But it won't be before Monday, and the next podcast releases on Monday. So um, I'll let you know then. And finally, in lieu of a list of goals for this shortened week, and since uh, the next podcast is going to be a look back and forward anyway, I have come up with a new idea I want to try. Um, So I've had this book. Where is it? Uh, It is the... Well, it's... If you're watching the video version, it's partially getting keyed out because there's trees on the front. It's the Lonely Planet Colorado Tour Guide. Um, or tour book. I've lived in Colorado most of my life. And, um, you know, one of the themes of this podcast is it seems to be evolving into Ian tries something new. And eating food is too easy. There's about a dozen fast food restaurants around here. And I could, you know, easily roll up and get the Doritos Locos taco. But that feels like kind of a cheat. So um, I was thinking... Why don't we uh, use a random number generator, pull a random page from this book, and I'm going to go do that. And we'll be um, publishing, or or rather documenting the experience. Wow, that's a very poor video key. Anyway, I'll be uh, documenting the event, uh, the event, the trip on uh, Instagram, which is Instagram.com slash Passion of the Nerd this Saturday. going and doing whatever we land on. And I've been kind of excited about this. Need to get out, need to do a little bit more. Uh, So the event for this weekend is, so um, we're using the random number generator and the actual places start on page 56 and end on page 338. (laughs) All of a sudden I'm nervous. The random number is 205. So, Saturday, I will be going to Mintern. <laughs> okay, I've never heard of it. Uh, if you have any interest in following along, uh, again, Instagram.com slash Passion of the Nerd. So, we, uh, before we get into the fanfic reading, if you want, uh, it's Ian Nitram my first name and last name backwards on Twitter, passionofthenerd.com, passion of the nerd on Instagram. And if you want to support what I do, it's patreon.com slash passion of the nerd or passion of the nerd.com slash store. All right. So we were reading here is gone by Terry Boda. And we're on chapter two today. Uh, Last time, Spike found himself in the cave at the end of season six and happened to let slip that he wished he could go back to before this all started and do it differently. We left with the demon granting his wish. Now, oh, and I forgot to warn everyone, I'm not doing the English accent. 
unless unless it slips out by accident. What do you... He didn't have time to finish his question before there was a flash and a momentary sense of disorientation. Light flooded behind his eyes, and he was filled with sudden strength and power. When he returned to his senses, he was sitting on top of the sarcophagus in his old crypt. And somewhere, someone was banging loudly. He barely had enough time to register his whereabouts when the door to his crypt burst open and Buffy came storming in. At first, he was frozen, certain that she had come to stake him with just moments after his soulful return to Sunnydale. But second glance revealed a Buffy he hadn't seen before, since before this mess with Glory, since before she died. "'I've got a proposition for you,' she announced tersely. "'Buffy,' he said, taking in the long hair, flashing eyes, tight lips. Stunned, he looked at his hands, whole, unmarred by burns and wounds. He felt his chest and face, examining his body until Buffy punched him. "'Ow!' he exclaimed, grabbing his bleeding nose. "'What'd you do that for, you bloody bitch?' Voice steady, full strength, not rasped and raw from countless screams. Its volume surprised him. "'To get your attention, blood breath, you were spacing out on me,' came the angry reply. Spike blinked, still disoriented and confused, then wiped his nose as he looked at her. "'Yeah, well, you got it.' See, I didn't mean to do... Anyway. She pulled out a wad of bills and showed them to him. "'Riley's sick. It's some initiative thing.' He stared at the money, then swiveled his head around to take in the rest of the crypt. Her words triggered his memory, a memory of another time when she had come storming into his crypt, money in hand, asking for help with Riley. But that was almost two years ago. Hey, Earth to Spike! The hell is wrong with you? Did you drink expired blood or something? Buffy demanded. Riley's ticker's not working, right? He whispered, eyes meeting hers. How did you know that? She snapped, her eyes widening. The initiative. They use the soldier boys for lab rats. Read about it when I was working with that Adam bloke. You think he might be hiding in the caves? Buffy gave a wary look and continued. You want me to look for him? That was the plan. We've got a doctor who can help him waiting on the fourth floor of the hospital. Spike shook his head, still not understanding what was happening, but beginning to piece it all together. Even if I do find him, I won't bring him in. The chip won't let me, and I can't defend myself against him, he offered. Just find him. I can do the rest, she replied, lowering her eyes to the men- at the mention of his chip. I find him. Leave to tattle on his whereabouts, and he's moved by the time we get back. No go, Slayer. You come with me. We'll find him together. Then you can bring him down, and I won't get a migraine. She pursed her lips, then stuffed the bills back in her coat pocket. Deal. You'll get paid when we find Riley. He nodded, ignoring her surprised look. Fair enough, but I need a bit of time. Meet me at the caves in twenty minutes. We have to leave now, and I don't track on an empty stomach, he retorted. She blanched. Fine, meet me in ten minutes. It doesn't take you that long to drink a couple of bags of blood. Fifteen and not a minute sooner, he bargained, then motioned for her to leave. She moved to go, then turned around sharply. Spike, if I'm not... if I'm not there... You'll stake me. Yeah, yeah, get going. Time's a-wasting, and I got my dinner to eat. Run along, Slayer. I'll be there in a jiff. It seemed that she might argue, then thought better of it and stomped out of the crypt. After the door closed behind her, he let out a sigh of relief and looked around. It was definitely his crypt, but before he had redecorated. Bastard went and did it.
To confirm his theory, he hopped off the sarcophagus and lifted the lid. Harmony popped out as expected. So, what'd she say about me? He really wasn't surprised to see her. Even as she lifted herself out of the tomb. While he may have been many things in his life, stupid wasn't one of them. It may have taken him a minute or two, but he'd already figured out that the demon had somehow transported him back in time. Back into his own body, almost two years in the past. Still, seeing Harmony again caused his soul to twinge. Well, that answers the question. Still have the soul. I'd better after what I went through to get it. There would have been hell to pay if he'd sent me back without it. Wanker probably saved my life, or unlife for that matter as well. Nothing, love. Wasn't you she was after. Harmony's eyes grew wide and frightened. Oh, she's not after you, is she? What if something happened to you? Who will hide me if she stakes you? He swallowed his irritation, remembering all too well how she could annoy him. But he had other, more pressing matters to attend to. He put his hand on her arm to calm her. Nothing to worry about, love. I'm just going to go out for a bit. You stay here and be safe, okay? Okay, she tearfully agreed. Just be careful. Her look softened him somewhat. He'd been so cruel to her, so angry with her. He'd used her as Buffy would later use him. She hadn't deserved that. I will. Be a good girl and stay here. Hide if anyone comes by. She gave him a nod, her eyes watery. I love you, Blondie Bear. He managed to smile, then slipped out, mind racing as he headed for the caves. If Soldier Boy was still around, that meant all the trouble with Glory had yet to happen, and that meant he could stop it all from ever happening to begin with. It meant that he could protect Dawn and help Buffy save Joyce. Oh, God, he breathed, even as he quickened his pace. Joyce was still alive, and just beginning to get sick, if he remembered correctly. All the light went out of her eyes when her mum died. If he could warn them in advance, keep the blood clot from becoming a problem, Joyce would live, and Buffy and the Niblet wouldn't have to bury their mum. I'd never take the Niblet to see the dock, so he'd never know about her being the key. Glory, glory was coming, she'd bid after dawn and I'll know her moves and her weakness. He paused, getting his bearings again before setting out. I have to find a way to kill Ben. <laughs> I, I, by the way, I have not pre-read uh, this, which we discovered was a mistake the last time, but I'm into it, man. This is, uh, I'm into it. I can't wait, um, which means... Monday's podcast will be on Monday, uh, at the very least, so we can read Chapter 3 together. All right. That is it, everyone. Uh, I'll see you on Monday for the year in review. Have a great weekend, and please take care of yourself.